before we even kick off the podcast, I just want to remind everyone to go like, subscribe, and keep up with these weekly episodes. If you like what you hear, spread the word so more coaches can tune in for our weekly podcasts. Hi, I'm Coach Tony Schiffman, and welcome to the Hog Football Podcast, where we talk all things football and all things offensive line. Today, I have got Coach Bobby May with me. Coach Bobby May is the head football coach, offensive coordinator at Westlake High School in Atlanta, Georgia, entering his third year as a head football coach. Uh, before that, he was a head coach at Suncoast High School in Riviera Beach, Florida, where he led the Chargers to their first winning season in 15 years and their first district and back-to-back district championships in 25 years. Coach May spent some time uh, playing wide receiver at Concordia, Wisconsin, and it is a pleasure to have him with me this morning. Coach, how are you doing? Good, good. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you uh, taking the time. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, first question I've got for you is, you know, being a part of those those uh, really good teams and, and district title teams and, and winning championship teams, What, how important was the offensive line to the success of those uh, squads? Uh, I've always said, so, so going back, like I started as a defensive backs coach when I, I coached in college. But, you know, to me, at least the places I've coached, Skill guys are pretty easy to find. They're kind of a dime a dozen, but when you have a good offensive line, uh, that's what truly makes good teams. And I think that was a big difference for us uh, turning around the program at Suncoast is that um, we – I had two offensive line coaches, even though we only had 28 guys on the team. We had two offensive line coaches. We put an emphasis on offensive line, and, and those were the only guys that didn't play both ways. And uh, we just – the first year, yeah, we were a little bit young, but we just put the toughest you know, guys we could find in the second year. Uh, we really had a dominant offensive line. We averaged almost 300 yards on the ground. And, uh, you know, in a spread offense, that's, that's pretty good. So I think, yeah. uh, you know, offensive line is, is by far the most important position on the field. I, mean, I don't even think it's close. Yeah, it's, it's um, you know, it's it's one of those spots that it definitely needs a lot of, uh, a lot of time devoted to it and a lot of, you don't want to say TLC, but it needs a lot of, uh, a lot of, of people that are going to, care about it you know it, it, you can't just kind of throw a guy over at the offensive line and say hey go coach him so it, it definitely needs that 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 touch yeah yeah exactly in the years that we have a good offensive line obviously it's because we've had you know talented players but also we've had we've had a really talented coaches yeah. right talk talk to me a little bit about that that season you guys had um at Suncoast winning you know first winning season in 15 years talk to me a little bit kind of about about that process and how that all, you know, kind of came to be. And, 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 you know, obviously it wasn't just, you know, it takes some great coaching, but you've got to have a, a little bit of Jimmy's and Joe's too. But, but, you know, tell me a little bit about that, that experience. Yeah. Um, so I actually, I was at a school down the street as a defensive coordinator in the school down the street was like a powerhouse and Suncoast has always been looked at and kind of, you know, uh, They've always been pretty bad you know, on the field. And, and uh, once the coach stepped down, I was looking at it, and everybody was telling me, you know, don't take the job, don't take the job. So, of course, I took it. And uh, one of the reasons I did is because I saw that even though you know, they weren't winning, they did have a lot of talent. And also, they had big guys up front. Mm-hmm. You know? and, uh, so, the first year, um, or the, the year before I took over, they were three and seven. And then I had like five or six really, really talented juniors coming back, and every single one of them transferred before I got hired. But, uh, the offensive line stayed. So the first year we went six and four. We won the region, the district championship, and 
it was just a complete turnaround. I think the dedication to the kids. Um, I think we got better coaches in. Uh, I was lucky, like my uncle's an offensive line coach, and then you know I live with our my offensive line coach now up here lives with me, so I always keep offensive line coaches close to me. Right. So I think that's been a lot, a big part of my success because I think those are the hardest guys to find. Um, so we just we just changed the culture by you know showing the kids we were dedicated to them and, and the kids, you know showed it back. I think they just wanted somebody to, to, to push them and, and that's what we were Right. It's it's kind of amazing that you get you can get certain spots where you try to push a kid and, and they kind of you know they, they fight back a little bit, but then you get to some spots where they just they like you you know, it sounds like there that where they just they're they're almost fiending for it. You know, they want to be pushed that 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 way to to find out how successful they can be. So yeah, that's yeah it was cool. it was a really weird it was a really weird scenario because it's a magnet school so so Suncoast did, didn't have a zone so kids didn't like grow up and say I'm going to Suncoast every single kid that went there had to apply and had to get in based on their academics so they had to have over a 3.0 GPA and so on and so forth so right um, it, it was it was definitely harder to get kids to buy into the you know quote unquote Suncoast culture and it was also for us hardest for us as coaches I remember our first spring practice uh, we had 12 kids at practice. And it wasn't because kids didn't want to play. It was because all of them were taking AP tests after school. Right. So we had to kind of change the way we did things and change the way we practiced and um, kind of uh, lower our expectations in some, in some parts, but then higher them in the other parts, meaning the kids were very, very smart. You only had to explain it to them once. Um, so you didn't need quite as much practice time as you, you would think because, um, you know, you could spend a ton of time in individual and not have to do a bunch of team because the kids were going to memorize the plays. They were going to know what they were supposed to do. They were going to know the coverages and things like that. So right. uh, it, w- it was definitely a, a, a fun experience. Um, you know, yeah, that's awesome. Turn it around a little bit, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, my my second question, you kind of talked about a little bit, but, you know, I was uh, – you know, I spent some time as a head coach, and I know how stressful that whole entire process can be. Uh, talk to me a little bit about building building your staff and and you know you can touch on you know your your previous stop but but more more so your you know your current stop talk to me about how you you build that staff and what you look for first and what you you know kind of what you ask of those guys that that work work uh, work with you so this is this is obviously a, a huge thing that I'm going through now Suncoast uh, it was basically a clean slate but we didn't have very many kids so we had like an eight coaching eight person coaching staff so it wasn't very difficult and it was in my hometown. So I knew a bunch of people. So it really right. happened organically, but at Westlake, so I actually was the OC at Westlake and then I got hired and I got hired in late April. Um, when I took over and, and I, I kept some of the guys. I was able to keep some of them, but um, I had to rebuild a staff. And actually last year um, I ended up having to call the offense and the defense because our defense coordinator left in the middle of the year, but that's a whole other story. So, right. <laughs> uh, but what I told, what I told, admin is that you know because it's so late like i'm i'm gonna kind of work on a skeleton crew to make sure i get the best guys not the guys that are available right now um so last year we had you know uh, we had way fewer coaches than we needed uh, but i didn't want to put bad people around our kids if that makes sense yeah absolutely um, so I, and i want to be able to get coaches on campus so so last year we actually coached we had about four coaches on campus and we were about five six coaches short this year i've uh, this upcoming season, we'll have 12 coaches on campus. Um, you know, our offensive coordinator and def- our new offensive coordinator, I hired an offensive coordinator, even though I've been doing it for a while. Um, and our defensive coordinator will now be on campus. So, but really the first thing I look for is like, I don't even care what position you coach. Um, the only position that I care is offensive line. 
I feel like everything else you can kind of teach those guys what you want to coach, and maybe quarterbacks to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. But um, I just care about what type of person you are. Um, you know, whether you're willing to put in the work. I don't want guys that are scared to do laundry, scared to stay late, and things like that. Um, you know, so so really, I I just try to find out what type of person they are before I ever ask them. If, if somebody ever comes to me and says, you know, I have to coach defensive backs, I won't hire them. Yeah, right. We have, you know, guys that we move around. And again, I think you can learn to coach different positions as long as you're willing to work and as long as you care about kids. Yeah, definitely. I, I that that's I, I there are unfortunately there's too many of both of those coaches. You know, not not uh, you know. Fortunately for the the one extreme where you know, hey, I'll I'll do whatever you need. But unfortunately for for the you know the the side of things where it's I can only coach this. This is all I want to coach. Um, and that's that, you know, and, the, and, the, and, and then kind of, you know, putting, putting the head coach in a bind and giving them that sort of ultimatum where they're, you know, now they're going to have to make a tough decision and, and you know, somebody's probably not going to end up coaching on that staff. Yeah, and, and, and I think that the big thing is, is like when I was at Suncoast, people coached with me because we were friends or family or whatever it was here, like at Westlake because it has a big name and things like that. I get so many people that want to coach. It's hard to weed out the ones who are in it for the right reasons. Right. Um, you know, but just for an example on my staff, like offensive line coach, you know, who sat down at AFCA with us. He, uh, I've coached with him for seven or eight years. He lives with me and my family. Um, our assistant offensive line coach I've known since I was five years old. Our defensive line coach I played with in high school. So I try to still keep, even though I'm in Atlanta, a different place, I try to keep people that I, I trust. And then the football stuff will take care of itself. If you, if you right. trust the people you work with and you know that they're going to work hard, like, the football stuff is not even a big deal. I do a good job in the building, you know, so the principal's not on my butt. Care about the kids and the rest. Of it. Not a big deal to me. Right. That. Yeah. That's. A, you know. Absolutely. And that's a. That's a great lesson for anybody listening right now. Uh. You know. Or when this airs, that you know is is looking to be a head coach. You know. Is is a head coach looking to hire staff? You know. Find find the guys that are going to do the right thing for the right reasons and and not just worry about, you know, the their next step on the, and the coaching rung, I guess, if you want to call it that. But, okay. Uh, you know, coach, you, you, you've been at some great places. You've coached a lot of great guys. Talk, tell me a little bit, uh, give me your Mount Rushmore of offensive linemen and it can be guys you've coached or it can be guys you, 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 you know, played with, or even just guys you're a fan of who, who would be that five person offensive line? That's tough. Um, <laughs> I'll go with kids that, that I've coached. Okay. Um, the first one would probably be uh, Jerry Drake. He's a uh, he's at Pitt now, offensive lineman. Um, just like a Pitt. I mean, six foot seven, three hundred twenty five pounds. Uh, physical, strong, but you know, quiet, uh, kind of to himself type kid who just showed up and get the work work done. Um, then probably that, he'd probably be my left tackle. At right tackle, I'd probably have uh, Vincent Lumia. Vincent is playing at uh, I can't anyways Vincent was probably the best football player the best football player I've ever coached he's just a little bit undersized but um, he probably averaged 10 pancakes a game I'm not lying yeah Um, again just not like the most you know assuming kid but just was physical and tough and uh, get the job done never had mental errors and then probably actually three guys from last year's team uh, 2018's team uh, Ian Hover who's now playing at Campbell and then our center, Ray Ray Johnson, who's playing at Air Force. And then our right guard, Aston Beavers, who actually set the state record in shot put and 
discus in senior year. Um, so those are kind of my guys. I mean, I guess only one of them is really big time, but that's not really what offensive line is about. So right, exactly. Um, just just good players that that get the work done, and and uh, you know, like I said, we've never had. I've had a ton of. I've coached, been lucky to coach a ton of Division One players, and I've never had like a huge, huge uh, offensive lineman, you know, recruit. But I, but I've had some really, really good offensive linemen. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, well, coach, we'll we'll get you out here if you want to uh, do me a favor, drop your Twitter handle and any other information for for these guys, and uh, and then we'll get you on your way. Yeah, my, uh, my my Twitter handle is coach. Sorry, coach. Am I breaking out? Can you hear me? No, nope, I got you. Yep. Okay, coach underscore May eighty uh, two. Coach underscore May eighty two. Uh, our football Twitter, our Westlake football Twitter, is Westlake FB one. So love to hear from you guys and uh, talk football anytime. I'm obviously uh, getting, you know, tired of being cooped up like you guys. So right. If anyone ever wants to chat, let me know. Cool. Very good. Well, coach, I appreciate you coming on this morning and, uh, you know, stay healthy, stay safe. And uh, hopefully we'll, uh, we'll see you back at the convention again next year. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Take care. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Make sure you like and subscribe, and you can find previous episodes on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, or any other podcast platform.